Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome everyone to, as we continue our series, Would You Be My Neighbor? Uh, we This is week five, and I'm excited for the opportunity to share with you some of the things I learned in this process as as I was looking through the Word and preparing for tonight and preparing to share with you uh, what God has been teaching me. So if you recall about when we started the series, Philip kicked things off with sort of an introduction into the idea of authentic hospitality. And then the next week, Jeff sort of jumped in and reminded us that hospitality is really a calling that all of us have, not just a gift that a few people have. Neil jumped in and shared the story of the Good Samaritan and basically asked the question, who is my neighbor? And then last week, Philip uh, sort of continued the idea of hospitality and looked at counterfeit hospitality versus authentic hospitality. Today, we're going to be looking at the idea of that mercy motivates genuine neighboring when we ask the question, would you be my neighbor? So I'm going to be looking at a passage in Scripture to Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus has begun his earthly ministry. He's going around preaching the gospel, and he's beginning to call his disciples. Uh, one of the disciples that, be, that he called was a guy named Matthew. Uh, Matthew was a tax collector. Uh, he was not liked very much by the people around him because he worked for the Roman government as a Jew and he extorted money from people and no one liked him. Sort of like we sort of feel about the IRS today, right? <laughs> yeah, not good. Well, that was Matthew. Jesus had begun his earthly ministry. He began calling his, his disciples. And the few minutes we have, we're going to look at an example of how Jesus showed mercy and had mercy for those who he encountered throughout his ministry. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read for you in uh, Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to begin in verse 9. And the passage is pretty short. It's only a few verses, but I'd like to read it here for you. It says this, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. So Matthew got up and he followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, well, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So as we were thinking about this idea of neighboring, would you be my neighbor? This passage just sort of came to mind. It jumped out and, and I felt like the Lord sort of opened my eyes up to some things. I, I, I had learned a few things here and I wanted to share with you just a few things that I learned on how Jesus showed mercy. And one of the first things that I guess we need to jump into is the idea of what is mercy? When you think of that word, we all have sort of an idea that might pop into our brain here, but what is mercy? 
uh, I've looked at a number of different biblical um, definitions of mercy, and there's one I sort of like. It says this, mercy is a love that responds to human need in an unexpected and unmerited way. I'm going to repeat that. Mercy is love that responds to human need in an unexpected and unmerited way. At its core, mercy is something that is given, not earned. So a few things I learned about how Jesus showed mercy. First thing that we, we saw really in the, in the first part of it as Jesus went about, mercy compels me to seek out, not separate from my neighbor. In those first two verses, Jesus was engaged with people. Let me repeat that. Mercy compels me to seek out, not separate from my neighbor. Jesus didn't have chance encounters. Everything he did was a divine um, divine intervention or divine appointment with people. And one of these people was Matthew. Jesus sought out Matthew. As we read in that passage, Jesus went to Matthew and said, follow me. And the next thing we know, Jesus is at Matthew's house having dinner with him and all his friends. So during verse 1 and verse 2, during this small little interim there, Matthew had a life-changing uh, transformation. And uh, he became a disciple of Jesus, accepted him as the Lord and Savior, and it changed his life. And the first thing he wanted to do was bring all his friends in so they could hear from the man who changed his life, that being Jesus himself. And so he gathered all these people together. It says Jesus sought them out. The Pharisees, on the other hand, uh, as we read there, it says when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, oh, why does your, uh, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? See, the, the Pharisees were actually practicing social distancing long before we were, right? They uh, had decided to separate themselves from anybody who they considered was not worthy to be around them. They uh, had an arrogant, sort of self-righteous attitude. A few weeks ago, when Neil talked about the idea of the Good Samaritan, we saw the same thing there. It was the religious people who passed by the man who was beaten and robbed and injured laying on the road. They passed him by because they were too busy. They had to go. These were the religious people who had to go to the temple to serve and sacrifice. And they didn't have time nor concerned to take care of a dying man on the side of the road. But it was the Samaritan, the social outcast, the, the last person that they would expect in the story to reach out. At the end of that story, when Jesus asked, after he told the parable, said, who was the neighbor? And they said, well, the man who showed mercy. So the Samaritan helped and sacrificed through mercy. See, Jesus sought out and spent time with people and uh, who others would overlook or walked away from. Mercy compels uh, us to respond in unprecedented and unmerited ways towards those around us. Mercy compels me to seek out and not separate from my neighbor. Another thing I learned as I sort of went through this passage, something that sort of jumped out to me, uh, was that mercy enables me to see people for who they are and not just by what they do. We sort of see that in, in verses 11 and 12. Uh, the uh, Pharisees, again, said that they, hey, your teacher, uh, why does he sit with tax collectors and sinners? 
And on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. So mercy enables me to see people for who they are, not just what they do. The Pharisees label people uh, by what they did. These are sinners, these are tax collectors, and they were unwilling to associate with them in any way, had no compassion or no concern for them. But Jesus saw people for who they really were and what their needs genuinely were. He saw them as broken, oppressed, needy, and in this particular analogy called them sick and they needed a doctor. Matter of fact, to give an insight uh, into this, at the very end of this chapter, Jesus sort of uh, recaps uh, what he was thinking and feeling as he encountered people throughout his ministry in this uh, season of ministry. And in verse 36, he says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. And that's the same word that's often translated mercy. He saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. It says, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That is mercy. When he saw people, he didn't see sinners and tax collectors and all these horrible people he didn't want to be around. It says instead, when he looked at people, he saw them as harassed, as helpless, as sheep without a shepherd. Because the very religious leaders who were supposed to be shepherding them instead turned their back on them and walked away. They did not understand the concept of mercy, nor did they have it in their heart to do that. And they did not uh, lead in these people. Instead, they walked away from them. So mercy enables me to see people for who they are and not just what they do. And finally, in verse 13, Jesus makes a statement um, and he says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I have not come uh, to call the righteous, but sinners. So another thing I learned as I sort of went through this, it sort of jumped out at me, is this, is I can have sacrifice without mercy, but I cannot have mercy without making a sacrifice. Let me say that again. I can, I can sacrifice without mercy. That's exactly what the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the religious people, that's what they were doing. And frankly, that's what a lot of people do today. Hey, I'll help, I'll do this. I'll sacrifice and show God how much I love him. And they have not invested their heart whatsoever. It's sacrifice without mercy and it means nothing. But I cannot have mercy without making a sacrifice. When I have a heart of mercy and eyes of mercy that look and see people, I'm compelled to respond to meet the need. Jesus said, oh, they're, they're harassed. They're helpless. They're sheep without a shepherd. I've got to jump in and help these people. And that heart of mercy is what allows us to be a good neighbor. It allows us to love and help people through the whole thing. Jesus told the uh, Pharisees, hey, go and learn what this means. And really, we need to do the same thing as well. We need to make sure that we examine our hearts and that we look and say, are we dealing with people out of a heart of mercy or simply just making sacrifice to help others and, and letting God know how good we are and how happy he is with what we're doing? When Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, he was actually qu quoting uh, from the book of Hosea, which is written centuries before towards for the Israelite people. 
at the time they were committing adultery, turned their back on God, I'm sorry, idolatry, committing their back on God and oppressing the poor. And God sent Hosea to challenge them and say, look, you do all these things and then you show up the temple and you make a sacrifice and you think that's acceptable? You're crazy. That's not how it works. I don't want your sacrifice. I want a heart of mercy. And that's what God was asking of them. And that's what Jesus was re reiterating to the religious leaders of the day who had no mercy and really no relationship with God, but were pious and self-righteous and turned their backs on the very ones they were supposed to love and serve. So fact, sacrifice means nothing without a contrite heart of mercy. Really, mercy for my neighbor flows out of God's mercy that's been poured into me, into my heart. And then it splashes over into all those around me. So when we think about this idea of mercy and how mercy motivates me towards genuine neighboring, I need to realize that it's nothing that I do. It's God's mercy, which was poured into my heart. And when I recognize my need, how sinful I am, how broken I am, how I'm helpless and harassed, like sheep without a shepherd, and then God shows up and in his mercy and his grace, he pours that mercy into my heart, into my life. And I'm the recipient that's unmerited and unprecedented mercy is poured into my life. I'm that recipient. Then my response to those around me should be to, to show mercy to them, to love on them. And when I do that, that's when genuine hospitality, like Philip was talking about, that's when genuine neighboring, like uh, Jeff and Neil were talking about, show up. Not just because I do it, but because it flows from a heart that's motivated by mercy, recognizing God's mercy poured into me, and then taking that mercy and letting it splash out to all those around me. It's sort of like if I had a cup here and a huge pitcher of water and I started pouring that water into the cup and after a while that cup would fill up and then it would overflow and start splashing out. And then there was other cups below it. They would start getting some of that water splashed into them and begin filling them up, right? So when I have genuine um, neighboring that's motivated by mercy, then I recognize the mercy that God has, the mercy that he poured into my life that splashes out because it fills me up so much and pours in to the life of others. So let me just remind you of the, 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 the thoughts, the, some of the things I encountered as I read this small passage and what God taught me in that. The first was mercy compels me to seek out and not separate from my neighbors. And then I saw that mercy enables me to see people for who they are and not just what they do. That will change our perspective greatly. And finally, yeah, I can have sacrifice without mercy, but I cannot have mercy without making a sacrifice. And that's the kind of neighboring, that's the kind of life that God calls us to live. And and in all reality, that's what missional communities are all about, aren't they? It's about authentic neighboring within our communities, loving and serving people because of the mercy and grace that God's poured into us.
as we go back into our missional communities, and if you don't have a missional community, I'd encourage you, now's a great time to jump into one, as well as if you can also go through these questions on their own. But we have three questions that are geared towards the head, the heart, and the hands. And uh, I want to ask you these questions. Actually, the first two are like a double question, and then the last one's just a single. But as you go through these, discuss these uh, in your missional communities and spend some time chewing on this idea. Like Jesus said, go and learn what this means. So the first question, what is mercy and what does a merciful person look like? Let me repeat that. Question one, what is mercy and what does a merciful person look like? The second question, again, it's a, a, I'm sort of cheating here, it's a double-loaded question, is how does a heart become merciful and where does mercy come from? That's the second part. So, again, what does a, uh, what does, a, how, I'm sorry, <laughs> say it again, how does a heart become merciful and what, where does mercy come from? How does a heart become merciful and where does mercy come from? And the third question, what does it look like for me to seek out and have mercy for my neighbor? This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where that mercy that God pours into us splashes out onto those around us. What does it look like for me to seek out and have mercy for my neighbors? So guys, uh, love you, miss you greatly, looking forward to when we can be together again, face to face and uh, worship together. In the meantime, as we think about this neighboring uh, series that we've sort of going through, just uh, take the words of Jesus, go and learn what this means, and may the heart of, of Jesus and his mercy that's poured into us splash out to all those around us this week as we really love and serve Jesus by loving and serving people. Love you guys. See you soon.